Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's Deborah and Jackie. We're in the studio today, and it's so nice to be back with you. Yes. Uh, having an important discussion today. Today we are going to talk about uh, being spiritually mature and realizing that to be able to communicate with our Heavenly Father, who is a spirit, we have to know what it really means to be spiritual. Yes. Plain and simple. And we're going to use the passage, Galatians 5, 22 to 25, because mm -hmm. this talks about the fruits of the Spirit, mm -hmm. which means these are the things that we have to aspire towards, okay? Um, and we will discuss, you know, what it means to evolve in this way and continuously grow in this way, because this is how we are to direct our prayer life. This is how we are to renew our mind. There's so many dimensions when we understand what this means. Mm -hmm. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. It's also meekness, temperance. And uh, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Right. So this is really what the Bible says, and this is what we have to know that we are dealing with when we are dealing with a God who is only accessible on a spiritual level. Right. Actually, you're so right on about that, Jackie. Yes. And it says, those who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. And it says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, what do you mean? And people might say, well, what do you mean spiritually minded? I mean, isn't me being baptized and, and living a life that is good and pleasing to God? Well, here's the, uh, the truth to that. Faith without works is dead faith, right? What does that mean? That means it's not just being able to believe in God and get baptized and then you say, okay, that's the end of the process. No, there is a communication level that we all need to aspire to have with the Holy Spirit. A lot of us will go into prayer and immediately, this is how we start off our prayer. Dear God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for all. And that's how we start our prayer. We have no intention or no knowledge or no acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit. And we have to remember that we have to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives. We can't just ignore him. It's just like you have your full name, which would be, let me say my name, Deborah Veronica Slater. And if everybody keeps coming to me as Deborah, Deborah, but they don't acknowledge my last name or my middle name, I don't feel complete. I feel incomplete. And so in order for us to complete the Trinity of of the Godhead, we must go in those three dimensions, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. When Christ came on earth and he died on the cross and he was resurrected and sent back to heaven, he said to his disciples, I will send you a comforter. Why would he, why did he say he will send you a comforter? Why didn't he just say, well, you can just pray to me. I'll hear you because I'm up there and I'm, and I am of the supernatural, right? No, he said, I will send you a comforter. The reason for that is because the Holy Spirit is what we need as our advocate because that Holy Spirit equips us. It helps us in our weaknesses, in our infirmities. It helps us to grow. It guides us. It protects us. And the Holy Spirit is not like everybody say, well, I don't know what the Holy Spirit sounds like. And some people think, you know, when you start speaking in towns, that's the only time the Holy Spirit shows up. No, the Holy Spirit doesn't have like, you know, it doesn't have a loud or harsh. It's not a voice of thunder, neither a voice of great, you know, tumultuous noise, but rather as still and small of perfect mildness as it had been like a whisper. So sometimes... 
That's why the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Because sometimes the, the noise around us blocks out and the Holy Spirit is not prone to any distractions. It's not prone to any, you know, things that will be too loud that you can't hear. And that's why it's always good to have that quietness. That's why God says, you know, in Matthew, if you're going to pray to me, don't be like those Pharisees and Sadducees that goes out in the public and be praying in public places. He says, go into your secret place. Why did he say go into your secret place? Because that communication is so necessary. Because you notice if you're going to talk to somebody, you want to eliminate any kind of distraction, any noise, so that the person can hear you clearly and you can reciprocate that communication. And so that is what God is looking for. This is what the Holy Spirit desire is for you to be quiet and let him speak to you. Let him guide you. Let him perfect you. Right. And you know, a lot of people would say, Jackie, well, here's the other thing that we all find ourselves saying, well, uh, you know, I'm just human. I'm not perfect. And this is something that I want to say. We are perfect because the Bible says that in our unrighteousness, when Christ died for our sins, he died so that we, be, we can become righteous, so that we can become righteous and made perfect in him, right? So the Holy Spirit is going to help us to do that. Absolutely. So we have something to aspire to. Mm -hmm. So this is basically what it is. We have you know, a plateau or where we should be, you know, reaching in our spiritual life, you know, right. and, and, and this is really, uh, requires us to think about what does it mean to be spiritually mature? Right. Because a lot of the apostles of Christ would talk about this in, in various aspects of their biblical teachings. And you have to, first of all, hear the word as Deb is saying, and you have to do what you hear. When you begin your, your, journey, your journey to true spirituality, you have to um, let your emotions subside. You have to get that carnality out of yourself and realize that you are growing when you are letting, not letting circumstances control you, okay? You've got to let go of emotions. The mind is being renewed from a spiritual dimension, meaning that you are trying to aspire each and every day to be more like Christ in your behavior. And talking about what the fruits of the Spirit signify, that is, in a sense, being Christ-like when we aspire to doing those things and living according to that context. Absolutely. And, you know, just to touch on that, you know, um, the Bible says this is, this is how important the Holy Spirit is. Um, the word of God said, and, and, and this is in Matthew 12, 32, it says, And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven. Right? It shall be forgiven. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven, neither in his world, neither in the world to come. So this is how important the Holy Spirit is. Like we can't even be hostile towards the Holy Spirit, right? We cannot shut the Holy Spirit out. We cannot blaspheme against the Holy Spirit because it is sacred. And that's why it's so important for us to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. I don't see any Christian that would say, well, I am a Christian, but I have never experienced the Holy Spirit. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean for that person, right? Faith without works is dead, right? And in order for us to consider ourselves Christ-like, like you said, those characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit is really what we need but is that all that we can, is that all that we can um, obtain from the Holy Spirit? No. Sometimes we don't even know what to pray about. 
And, you know, that's why the Bible says sometimes we don't know what to pray about, but the Holy Spirit intercede on our behalf, right? It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession, right, for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the Holy Spirit is there working on our behalf. We have to be able to work with the Holy Spirit and yeah, through the Holy Spirit. I like the Spirit. comparison you made when you said that still small voice, because I think so many of us hear that under certain circumstances, you know, when it comes to controlling our emotions or letting our emotions subside before we make a decision of, of great importance. We do sometimes hear that little voice. And as you say, it's so inherently subtle that we can just dismiss it from our thoughts and we don't pay attention to it. But it is the Holy Spirit talking yes. and trying to lead you in a certain direction, perhaps to even protect you, mm -hmm. you know, from making a decision that isn't wise and that isn't using the amount of discernment that you should be using. Exactly. So it is, it is really very potent and very powerful to make connection in your spiritual life or in your prayer moments mm -hmm. with the Holy Spirit and say, I want to see you. I want you to be present to me. You know, I want you to come to me so you can actually know that it is a guiding force. It's there to comfort you and to direct you. And you should ask for it to be a part of, of, of everything that you are striving to reach at a spiritual level. Absolutely. And just to piggyback on what you're saying, Jackie, it is so evident that we hear the Holy Spirit speak to us all the time. But you know what we do? We quench the spirit. Yes. We quench it. We we dismiss it because it is not the idea that we want. If it doesn't fulfill our fleshly desire, our carnalness, mm -hmm. if it doesn't feed that, then it's not the right spirit. But again, the Bible says we can serve two masters, right? When we come into the body of Christ, we have to know that self is dead. We are dead to self. We are dead to flesh. Self decrease, Christ increase, right? And so when the spirit is speaking to us, we have to have that attention. We have to be able to listen keenly for that still voice. Like if I'm driving and I say, like, you know, all of a sudden you want to make that move and, and here's something say, no, don't make that move. And you stop, right? And then when you get closer, you see, oh, I could have run right into that truck, right? Or let's say you go to the mall and you want to shop and you see this nice shoes and you want to buy it the shoes is like a hundred and something dollars and that voice said do you really need it or do you want it and you want to convince yourself you need it and then you you just you know just let me just check my online banking and then you notice a payment came out that you didn't even realize was going to come out at that moment that's the holy spirit it's telling you spirit. to check yourself yeah i love that because that is really what we were saying when we talk about renewing the mind that we cannot live by these carnal emotions because mm -hmm. it is a source of failure. And just like you were saying, I, I love the example of shopping, you know, because a lot of us, um, you know, we, we just act on such a deeply emotional level. And you don't have to let your feelings control you because this is a source for failure. We always hear the phrase that God looks at the heart. But you always have to wait and search your heart before responding mm -hmm. in any circumstance. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So let's say, for example, if you do something spontaneously and then you regret it later, 
You know, it's, it's, it can be terrible. And it's not just, it can be a serious thing, like looking at a nice shiny car in a showroom mm -hmm. and signing on the dotted line, not realizing that you are bound contractually for seven or eight years mm -hmm. to pay for something that is depreciating the minute you drive it off of the car lot. And there are other restrictions and so many contractual obligations mm -hmm. that will suck the life out of you, mm -hmm. you know, for making that spontaneous decision. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or all of a sudden deciding, you know, that, um, I'm not going to let my emotions subside before I decide. I'm just going to move right in and dive right in and mm -hmm. not really think about the consequences of mm -hmm. my actions. It always results in like hitting the cement at the bottom of a pool. And just to, yeah. just to, just to piggy on what you're saying, you know, a lot of us create problems into our lives because we rely on our own mental state. We rely on our own thought. We don't think about, you know, the spirit. We don't, we don't, we don't listen to the voice all the time for the guidance in our lives. And this is the reason why we have so many issues. Like for instance, and I was saying to you last night, you know, um, when God forgives us, he doesn't remind us of the sinfulness that we've created. He doesn't remind us of the sins that we have. He put it all away and he gave us a new leaf to turn. But for some reason, we're not able to work on that new leaf because why? We're constantly turning to the back of the page where our past is because we haven't forgiven ourselves. But then it's not that we haven't forgiven ourselves, but because sin in itself is so evident like it leaves scars and these scars are there to remind us of what we did without the approval of god without the approval of the spirit so these scars will always be there to haunt us but we don't have to live in the memories right like paul says in what was that scripture i gave you last night was that ephesians was that philippians it was 4 philippians yes philippians 4 yeah. let's let's find that scripture i feel like that is that will tie everything in because it's so important. Do you have it with you, Jackie? Uh, I think I do, Deb, but um, I probably left it in another area. That's okay. I, I can I can out. find it here. Yeah. I re I have to read the scripture because this is so important. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm getting closer to it. So let's see who finds it first. But it is a good one. Yeah, you should read it. Yeah. I'm going to read that okay, here. Okay. Here we come. You got so, it? Yeah. It's Philippians 4. Uh, it's... Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. It says, uh, he basically is saying that whatever happens, never get, he never gets tired of telling us the truth. And the truth is that um, by knowing Christ, you become one with him. You no longer count on your own righteousness through obeying the laws but you become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Wait, wait. Um, I think the scripture, that the, the, the verse that I really wanted you to read was 12. So you're Philippians saying, 4, 12. so pressing toward the goal. It's actually three, isn't it? Philippians 3. Is it Philippians 3? Yeah, it says, I don't mean to say that have I already achieved things. Or yes. that I have reached perfection, but I press on to per, to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. So he's really talking on what you said, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Mm -hmm. You press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus calls us. 
So to come back to your point, Debbie says, let us all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. Yes. And you must uh, hold on to the progress that we have already made. So as you say, it's a journey that, yes. you know, and it's letting go of your past sins, realizing that God has washed them away. That he doesn't even think about them anymore, mm -hmm. but we're the ones that dwell on them mm -hmm. and look down on us ourselves and see us as weak and incapable of being able to receive God's blessing because of the mistakes that we have made. Absolutely. And that is not the case. Absolutely. And it's just to say that, you know, when we keep count of our wrongfulness, it really hinders the Holy Spirit to perfect us in the way that we should be perfected. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't want any hindrance, right? Because if your mind is locked in on your past and your past, you know, was carnally minded, why are you even going back there? You should be spiritually minded, meaning all things spiritual should be in the present and the future to come, right? Don't go back to the bad things that cause you those scars, but think of the, the, the spiritual things ahead of you that God is trying to perfect now because you have another opportunity. What didn't kill you now make you wiser. And sometimes wisdom only comes when, as we get older, we learn how to respect it. We learn how to to, to use it more wisely, right? And so the spirit is always there waiting to intercede on our behalf. The spirit is always there waiting to take us by the hand and lead us. The spirit is always there to, to perfect our infirmities and our weaknesses. So it is super important that we rely on the Holy Spirit. It is super important that we activate the Holy Spirit into our prayer life. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit on a level of just listening, we also have to be communicating with the Holy Spirit through prayer. Absolutely. And just like you were saying, uh, you know, this uh, segment of Philippians, it also says that when people act on an emotional level, predominantly, or a carnal level, they are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. So, you know, God will perfect us from our weaknesses, mm -hmm. and he will move us forward. And if you look at Jesus himself, he never let his circumstances control him, okay? And it's important to realize that you don't have to feel like doing the right thing to do the right thing. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He did yes. not. He wanted to get out of it on at least three separate occasions. But he said, not my will be done, but, but your will. will. So he understood his obligation to God, his father, and his spiritual commitment. Amen. He because obedience it. is so much better than sacrifice sometimes. Absolutely. Because we make so much sacrifice for the things that has nothing to do with the spirit, all with the Trinity of God. We do it for self, right? And so obedience is better than sacrifice. This is why the Bible talks so much about being obedient to the word, being obedient to the spirit, being obedient to God, just being obedient. Obedient brings um, praises. Obedience bring a price. Disobedience cause debt. Disobedience bring destruction. We've seen it in our lives. Most when definitely. the spirit is telling us to do something and we do our own thing, we have to deal with the consequences and the repercussions of our um, disobedience. So 
The spirit needs us to be obedient. That's another thing. That's a huge thing. That's the biggest thing in order for us to live the life of Christ is obedience, obedience, obedience. Yep. And as you said in the beginning, we are, we are made perfect by the sacrifice that Christ made for us. So what we have a responsibility to do as we're moving closer to utilize those fruits of the spirit is to know ourselves okay and to know our boundaries okay we're not responsible for other people's happiness okay we we cannot ignore toxic emotions we need to keep renewing our mind through the word of god because that's where the transformation comes from yes we become better we become stronger we we realize that that this the holy spirit of god is so powerful because those fruits of the spirit are really what life should be about it we is. should we should learn forgiveness we should learn what love is. We should learn to be patient to other people. We should learn that long suffering gives us strength. It shows us who we really are. If you get things easily, you lose them easily. Mm -hmm. The best way to retain something is to struggle to get it because mm -hmm. then you have an appreciation of it. You know the value of it and you know that God's blessing is with you. I would just like to say, Deb, that if you make people big in your life, then God becomes small. Right. But if you make God big, then people become small. Right. And that is such a good way to kind of look at things in a simplified way. In a simplified way. Absolutely. And this is why it is so, so important for us to always, always decrease self and increase Christ because we will get our flowers. We will get our prize. And Plus, it's it's not of a selfish act to, to be always... And because, you know, the Bible says in the last days, men will become lovers of themselves, which mean when you become lovers of yourself, you're not thinking about the spirit. You're not thinking about God. You're not even thinking about the blood of Jesus Christ, right? You're not thinking anything spiritual. Everything is self. And that's what the enemy wants us to do, to keep us at self-bay, self-approve, self-confidence, self-this. Everything is self, self-self, self-conscious, self-this but nothing to do with the body of Christ. And so we're here to remind you that if you kill self, you said those who lose their life for my sake shall find it. And so we want to kill self so that God can be increased, so that God can be the forefront of our lives and that he will be the pillar. He will be the pillar, right? On that solid rock we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And so it says if a house is built and it's not built in the name of the Lord, you labor in vain. I don't want to labor in vain. So therefore, in that characteristics of the spirit, I think for me, I am working on patience and self-control. And I think that is pretty much every, a lot of people struggle is patience and self-control. Because ever since I've been born, I hear the world is at hand. The world is at hand. But do I say, well, I don't believe the world is not, is, is not coming to an end. No, I believe it. So that's the patience I'm going to carry through until the end. Self-control is not know, is knowing when I need something from my want. Is knowing my need from my want. Is knowing what to accept and not to accept. Is knowing what to indulge in and what not to indulge in. And how am I going to do that? Because everything to the eye is believable, but in the heart is where you know, the, the, the suffering comes from. And so do I want my heart to suffer because of my eyes? No. So I will ask the Holy Spirit to guide me, to perfect me, and to show me what to have and what not to have, what my desires are. Kill the desires of my flesh. Kill it. I don't need it. Increase the desires of my spiritualness. That's what I need. Fill me with your spiritual goodness. Fill me till my cup overflow. 
right? And so, as David said, I do not want the presence of the Holy Spirit to ever leave me. Never. So, today, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit, your presence will always be, even if you're quiet, right? Silence doesn't mean you're absent. I know that. So, as long as I know that my connection with you is always there, that's what I'm going to strive for, to continue to live by the Spirit, in the Spirit, through the Spirit. Excellent. Yep. Very well said. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to us. And I hope this is an inspiration for each and every one of you. And um, we just want to say we really appreciate our listeners. And um, we try to do this more frequently. Yes, more frequently we'll because to... it's, it's a real journey. And yeah. we're so appreciative of the fact that people seem to be absorbing the essence of this message. And it's really helping you know, to direct their life and to direct a path for themselves. So thank you very much. Thank you guys.